Today is my 50th birthday, and I'm so embracing it, so much so that I recorded this podcast to commemorate the milestone. You know, I've been thinking a lot about this day as it approached, and in today's episode, I'm sharing my own inside story on how I'm embracing the aging experience. Even in the advanced year of 2021, women are still battling sexism and ageism and other forms of oppression. And if there's one thing I'm clear about as I cross over the 50-year marker, it's that I refuse to let this be my story. While there is so much work to be done to elevate women to their proper place in society, I understand that the work starts with us. It starts with me. And instead of letting the oppressors win, I say we beat them by embracing all that we are. So I've recorded a few of my thoughts on how I am fully embracing who I am, the April that is 50 years old. And I hope that you will find some wisdom and inspiration in what I have to say. Hi, I'm April Adams Pertwee. I'm your host of the Inside Story podcast. I've been telling people stories my entire adult life as a broadcast journalist, video producer, and digital storyteller. These days, you can find me at Light Beamers, where I'm building a community of women who are ready to step into their brave by sharing their story with the world. On the Inside Story podcast, I'm bringing you some of the best stories I'm discovering from both the women inside of my community, as well as from around the streets of the internet. Plus, I'm digging deep to share some of my own stories with you along the way. My hope is that these stories will help encourage you to examine your own story so that you can share it with other people. I have a motto at Light Beamers. When we share our stories, we shine a light. So with that in mind, let's get down to business today and share the light found in this episode. Welcome, 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 friends of the Inside Story podcast, and welcome to all you light beamers out there. Oh, I am so excited to be with you today because today is my 50th birthday. Happy birthday to me! Yeah, it's a big one, you guys, the big five O. And I've been thinking a lot about this because, I don't know, I think that anyone that's getting ready to celebrate a big milestone birthday, whether it's your 21st birthday, your 13th birthday, your 50th birthday, your 80th birthday, I think that these are opportunities for us to just spend some time in reflection. And that certainly has been the case for me over the last several months as I have been approaching this day, knowing you know, that this day was coming. Um, Good Lord willing that the day would come, but it did. Here it is. I am 50 years old today. And I just wanted to record my thoughts. I wanted to share a bit of my own story with you as to how I'm embracing this experience, how I'm crossing over this this so-called milestone of turning 50, especially as a woman turning 50, and what I, what I want to say about that, because I think there's a lot of pressure and a lot of old stories that run around in our culture and in our society, especially in the United States, but I think this is you know pretty pervasive across the world with women, that we have a lot of these expectations of, 
of what we're supposed to look like and what we're supposed to be doing and how successful we're supposed to be and all the supposed to be's, right? Like all these things that we should be doing or I don't know. I don't even know what it is, but it's just oppression <laughs> is what it is. And we can't play into it. We cannot play into it. So I've been thinking about, you know, how I'm embracing the experience instead of feeling negative about it. And, and I want to be really clear. I really haven't felt negative about turning 50. There really hasn't been, you know, anything about leading up to this day in the, in the past year, um, that I have felt negative about it. I've really been looking forward to it. I've been leaning into it and I've been, uh, doing some things that I think have helped me even facilitate that even more. So I just, I wrote down some thoughts today that I wanted to share with you. And I, like I said, I hope that these will be helpful. I hope that you will find some wisdom in it. I hope that you'll find some inspiration and maybe you'll find a note or two that you can tuck away and take for yourself. And wherever you are on your journey, whether you're 50 or not, it doesn't matter that you will, you will take it and you will be able to use it in some positive, helpful, productive way. All right. So that, that's my, that's my intention for this. And I, I hope that what I have to say and how I'm embracing 50 and how I'm embracing this process, um, just sparks some sort of story inside of you. That's really my goal. So, you know, when I was thinking about, um, this really this past year, especially the last, maybe even six months as I've really been, you know, internally focused on, wow, I'm turning 50, this day is coming. And, one of the things that it kind of just kept sticking out to me was I remember years ago, this, I don't, I, honestly, I don't even know how old Oprah Winfrey is. I should have done my research and looked at that before recording this. But I remember when Oprah Winfrey turned 50, she was, um, she still was producing the Oprah Winfrey show. So, you know, I was watching Oprah in the afternoons, like I'm sure many of you. <laughs> and I remember her talking about turning 50 and I remember her, her joy and her glee about it. Um, and the way that she just was felt so comfortable in her own skin. And she talked about that. She talked about how, you know, she just really knows who she is. She felt comfortable in her own skin. And this was Oprah, you know, not only the mega, mega powerhouse that she is, but also the woman who has battled her own, uh, sexism and ageism and other forms of oppression. I mean, you know, certainly being a minority in this country and all the things, I mean, she's had her own battles to fight and she's been incredibly successful and been able to, you know, glean a lot of wisdom to share with other people. And I just found that so empowering. I'm, I'm assuming it was probably about you know, probably 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago. I don't even know like it's how much older Oprah is than me. But, um, I remember sitting there listening to her about turning 50 and there was something about that that has stuck out to me probably because she was such an influence in my life during my, my thirties for sure that, um, her story and her sharing how she was embracing it and feeling so confident and, and cool and collected, stuck with me. And I remember thinking, that's how I want to be at 50. You know, I don't want to turn 50 and be full of a bunch of regrets or be resentful of the age, um, and not feel confident and cool and collected about 
the age or about the years to come. And, you know, I got to say that as I sit here today, I don't know, sort of having my own Oprah moment, (laughs) I feel that way. I really do. I'm sitting here smiling, um, just thinking like, yeah, I, I get it, Oprah. I feel that way too. I feel very comfortable and confident in my own skin. It has come not, you know, not easily. This has taken work. But I'm here, and I made it, and I I understand what she was saying. You know, there is a certain wisdom that comes with age, for sure. And I think that I've learned a lot by by making some mistakes, um, by saying a lot of yeses when I should have said no's, by not putting up strong boundaries in my life, by trying to be a lot of things to other people and not realizing who I needed to be myself first. Like those are all things that I had to hurdle through. I had to, to kind of get stuck in the mud in over the years in order to get here. And so I'm sure, you know, like I said, no matter where you are on your timeline, you probably have experienced some of those same things. And maybe you're still trying to work some of that stuff out. Even this past year, there have been things that I have intentionally worked on. And this is one of the first ones I'm going to share with you. One of the things that I intentionally worked on this past year, uh, very specifically inside of a mastermind that I was a part of, inside of doing some of the internal work that I really wanted to focus on because it bleeds over into my business too. It bleeds over into my, my, my professional life and everything else is really understanding how to honor my boundaries and create space on my calendar that allows for, um, really clear direction and easy execution. Okay. So one of the things that I have done that I feel like is allowing me to embrace this experience of turning 50 and going beyond is really just taking more time for me and not feeling a darn bit guilty about it, you know? Um, so for example, one of the things that I did this past year is I, I really got good. I mean, like really good about using my digital calendar. And I'm telling you, if it's not on that digital calendar, it's not happening. You know, I pretty much schedule a lot of things. Now, let me say this. This was hard for me because I am a fly by the seat of your pants girl. I am a spontaneous freedom junkie. I love to live up in the clouds and play by my own rules. And I am a Sagittarius, for those of you that follow astrological signs and that means anything. But I am definitely a free spirit. And so being structured and being, you know, calculated and, you know, getting getting really calendared was not easy for me. But what was happening as my life got busier and busier and busier with my business, with my family, with my kids, with my personal commitments and things that I wanted to do was that I was finding that I was leaving zero time for me. And I was getting extremely frustrated by that. I was, it was causing so many other problems that it got to be the point where it wasn't worth it. And I took a good, long, hard look at that. And when I did... You know, I kind of had that moment in the mirror of saying, look, April, (laughs) you're going to have to do something different if you want to get different results. And I really wanted different results because I wanted more space. I wanted more free. I really did want that freedom, right? But in, in, 
getting organized with my calendar and really using my calendar to my advantage truly did create the freedom that I was looking for. And so now I have very clear boundaries on my calendar. There is nothing business-wise or professional-wise or even really even socially that gets on my calendar before 10 a.m. in the morning. I mean, now I have the freedom to do that because obviously I work for myself. I have my own business. I, you know, I am my own boss. But, you know, if I were going to a job every day and I had to be there at eight o'clock, I mean, that would look a little bit different for maybe for some of you, but that's just my own personal timing. And so I knew that I wanted to spend in the mornings, besides getting my family up, getting the kids out, get them out the, the door, get to school, make lunches and all those things that I do in the morning. Aside from that, there was going to be some precious time in the morning that I was going to dedicate to me. And so nothing gets on my calendar uh, before 10 a.m. And that gives me time in the morning to do things like work out, make healthy protein shakes, um, spend time writing in my journal, praying, meditating, reading my Bible, um, maybe meeting a friend for coffee. Like sometimes I will say yes to a social agreement if it feels really, really good. And I want to go do that, right? Like it's a, it's a big yes. But most of the time I will say I'm spending that time in the morning alone and I'm spending it in quiet and I'm not, you know, I'm not really, um, giving myself to anyone else during that time. And the point of it is, is that I am allowing myself, I'm putting in that boundary and I'm creating space on my calendar. Whenever that may take place for you, it might be 10 o'clock at night. I don't know. But for you, find time to give yourself the time, like spend time with yourself alone, with your own thoughts, with your own feelings, with the quiet of your space. Man, you guys, that has been life-changing this past year. I've been much more dedicated um, about doing that, and it has really freed me up. Now, the other boundary that I've put in place uh, around my calendar uh, along the same lines is that at three o'clock every afternoon, I shut it off. You know, that's about the time that I'm going and picking up kids from school and we start really busy afternoons. My kids are at the time of this recording, my kids are 13 and I have a son that's about to be 16. He turns 16 next week. So we've got two really big birthdays in the house coming up or today and next week. And, um, they're busy, you know, and life is full with them and I love every minute of it. And so I want to create space in my day where I can be that mom, I can be with my kids, I can be present with my family. And so things have to shut off at three. So if a client wants to have a call with me or tries to get on my calendar, my calendar is now so automated and synthesized to where no one can get on my calendar before 10 a.m. or after 3 p.m. every single day. Actually, it's really Tuesday through Thursday because that's a whole nother topic is because I actually now create days where nobody can get on my calendar and those are just days that I actually get to get my work done, you know, like things that need to get done on my list, on my to-do list. And Fridays, I've taken time for, you know, doing the things that I need to get done like 
Um, those are the days that I will meet a friend for lunch or I will meet a friend for coffee. Those are a little more of my social days and more of the days where I go and do like doctor's appointments and errands and things like that. So I've gotten really, really, really structured with my calendar. And the point of it all is that I'm taking more time for me. I'm adding less and less on my calendar so that it creates more space and spaciousness, and I'm honoring my boundaries. Now, part of that, you heard me say that some some of the things that I'm doing in the mornings is that I'm working out, I'm making healthy protein shakes, because another big part of how I'm embracing this whole aging experience is understanding and really accepting um, that I want to age, I want to age in a healthy way. I want to age in a way that I can say my body feels good, that I can, that I know that I'm doing everything I can to feel the best that I can, even with the things that come with 50. I mean, like, listen, I'm going to be totally honest. I have some aches and pains, you know, I have some old injuries that are now rearing their head and reminding me that I played hard, uh, certain times in my life. You know, I have, um, a, a bad back. I have, arthritis. I've, I've, I've shared my arthritis journey on this podcast before. And so there are things that, that turning 50 and aging, some of that gets exacerbated for sure. And I can't change that. Like I cannot undo that. I cannot change it. I cannot control it. But what I can do is feed and fuel my body the best way I know how. And so I've taken it, um, very seriously to, to research and to study food and nutrition and, you know, clean eating and, you know, moving my body. And what does, what does moving my body look like at 50 versus when I was 21? I mean, it's very different. You know, I'm doing more Pilates these days. Um, I'm actually about to join a brand new yoga studio that's opening up with one of my near new dear friends, Kelly Beck. And I can't wait. Um, when her studio opens, because that's going to be a part of my routine. So yoga, Pilates, a lot more walking and getting out in nature and moving my body and, you know, feeling, feeling my legs underneath me and appreciating that my legs are powering me through a power walk, like really taking in the gratitude of that and making sure that I'm making that a, a priority. And healthy nutrition, one of the things that I really came to terms with this past year was that I was chronically dehydrated and I wasn't getting enough protein. I have been a vegetarian for a good chunk of the last 10 years of my life, and it just was getting harder and harder to maintain. This is just my personal experience because I love my vegetarians and my vegans out there who get your protein through all the ways that you get protein, and trust me, I tried it. Um, but I am embracing more protein and that means I'm eating a little bit more meat than I have eaten in the last 10 years. And I'm okay with it, right? Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna feel anything about that except acceptance, you know? And so I'm getting more protein in. I'm fueling my body first thing in the morning with good quality nutrition and protein and upping my water intake. Like that's another thing that I've been really focused on. I would say the last six months is, is really trying to drink 80 to 90 hours, 90. Well, I don't know if I get 90 ounces. That's usually a goal, but at least 80 ounces of water in my body every single day. 
Um, so, you know, just really embracing, uh, taking care of my body because I think it's important that, um, we make health a priority. If anything, these past, the past couple of years with COVID and the pandemic and, oh my gosh, all the different things that have now come out, you know, the flu is making a huge comeback apparently, you know, our health is really our wealth. You know, we, we really don't have much of a life unless we have good, good health because when we're sick, it makes everything else hard. And so taking my vitamins every day, my water intake, my movement, being gentle on my body. Another thing that I, I've done this forever. I've done this for years and years and years, but it's still an anchor to my self-care routine is nightly hot Epsom salt baths. I mean, that is like life to me. (laughs) So making that a priority and making sure I get that in, all of those routines are super important. So that's how I've embraced, you know, another part of the aging experience is just understanding that, yeah, I am aging and I don't look the same at 50 that I looked when I was 25 or 30. And I'm okay with that. I don't, I don't want to look that way. I want to look like, I want to look like the healthiest, happiest version of me that I'm supposed to be at this stage of my life. And I think with age comes wisdom. And some of those wisdoms show up in the fine lines in our face. And I look in the mirror and I see those fine lines. And that's what I think. I think I earned those. I earned every ounce of those fine lines. And I appreciate the journey that has brought me here to where those fine lines get to show up on my face, you know? And so I just think making health a priority has, has really helped me this past year embrace this whole experience and getting me to this day, this milestone day with a much healthier mindset. Okay. Something else that I want to share is that I have really owned that I, that I, I, I'm really owning the fact that I have something to say. And that I'm going to actually say it. Now, that's the second piece of this. is, And this has been this whole theme that I've been sharing with you guys the last several months around elevating your voice. You know, we're writing this book. This book is about to be published. And this has been such a power phrase for me this past year is elevate your voice, elevate your voice, and helping other women elevate their voices. But I had to figure out what that meant for me too, right? Elevating my own voice. And what I've come to really understand is that I do have something to say and I'm not going to be apologetic about it. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it with love and with kindness and with grace and with dignity. I don't want to be combative. I don't want to be argumentative. I just want to say what I have to say and own it because that's me, April, speaking my truth. And so, you know, I've been talking a lot more about the oppression of women. I've been talking a lot more about how women, you know, I think women need to own our truths more. We need to own our stories more. I've been talking about that for a long time, but I feel like I'm getting bolder with that message. I am really looking at the ways that society puts their its thumb on us, and I am flicking that damn thumb away. And I want to be that person that stands in that light and that truth for other women who haven't figured out how to flick the thumb away yet. And I'm owning that. I'm owning it. I'm glad to carry the flag. I'm going to carry that torch. And I know that that's going to be a part, a big part of my work and my message going forward as I travel through my 50s. And I'm I'm excited about that. 
Uh, but being less apologetic, no longer saying I'm sorry. I've even caught myself like, you know, if I'm responding to a text message or I'm sending an email in, in response to somebody and maybe something didn't get done or, you know, I missed an email or whatever, I'm, I'm really focused on my language and saying, not saying things like, I'm so sorry, or, you know, my, you know, whatever, like, no, I'm not going to be apologetic just because I missed an email or I overlooked something. It means I'm human and I'm not going to be apologetic for that. So it's little things like that, that I'm learning to use my voice in very subtle ways that are probably not even noticeable to the grand scheme of things and to others. But man, it makes a difference when I consciously choose those words. And it makes me feel better. It makes it empowers me. And it makes me feel like Oprah. <laughs> cool, calm, collected, you know, and totally fine in my own skin. So, you know, I want to encourage you to think about what you have to say. What do you really want to say in the world? And then go say it. Just go say it. You know, don't be apologetic. Now, I referred earlier to a few of the um, <laughs> aches and pains that come with aging. Um, the, other, the next thing I had written down was how I am appreciating my body and how it got me here. And listen, there, there's been a lot to this 50-year journey. Um, as I said, I've recorded an entire episode on my lifelong battle with rheumatoid arthritis. So um, we can link up that episode if you haven't listened to it. It's called My Journey with RA. And, but, you know, here I am 50 years old and I do have rheumatoid arthritis. I have had two C-sections. I've had back surgery. And yeah, I've got some wrinkles and some fat, you know, on my body. I mean, like, <laughs> it's just real. It's real life. And I'm appreciating every single one of those things because those things got me where I am today. Like they were a part of my journey. I mean, gosh, the things that I learned from my arthritis has been, well, I mean, it's been a part of my life since day one. So I don't know, I don't know how else I would have gotten here, you know, without rheumatoid arthritis. My C-sections, you know, I have a scar all the way across my belly and that's where some of my, my fat is because I have this little fatty deposit right on top of my, my C-section scar that, Lord, let me just tell you, I, I don't know what to make that go away other than tummy tuck, which I'm not about to have because I'm a wimp. When it, I'm just not having any more surgeries unless I have to is really the reason why. Um, so if you've had a tummy tuck, all the more power to you because truly I, I would love one. Um, but I'm embracing it, right? Like th that, that, those two surgeries gave me two beautiful kids. And I look at my belly in the mirror now and I see my scar and I see my little, my little lip of fat that sits on top of that scar. And it's never going to be flat again, unless, like I said, unless I surgically remove it. And I just look at it and I say, there it is. That's the part of me that made me a mom, that's the part of me that showed me what a fighter I am. You know, I had a really difficult time with my first C-section when I had my first child. And, and I learned so much about myself. Like I learned that I'm able to manage the biggest pain I've ever experienced in my life. Little side note, when I had my first C-section, I'll tell you the whole story one day, but not today. But when I had my first C-section, 
they were not able to get me numb. Uh, the anesthesia was not working and we were getting into crisis mode and the baby had to come out right away. So I had the pleasure of feeling the entire operation. So I'll just leave it at that. So I have experienced a level, a pain level that I never thought possible and I survived. And that taught me a lot. It taught me a lot. And I think about that when I look at my, my misshapen belly in the mirror, my back surgery, you know, gosh, am I appreciative of that experience? Um, never in a million years would I have signed up to have back surgery but I had to, right? I, I was backed into a corner. It was the only option. And I was so desperate for relief because I was um, really having a lot of, a lot of problems and a lot of pain and a lot of, um, a lot of things that were not going in my favor and, and going through that experience and, and the fear, really embracing the fear of back surgery, um, taught me so much. And, I'm more cautious. I don't, uh, do the wild and crazy things that I probably will, that I did do before. Um, you know, I'm much more cautious today because I understand my body has some limits to it. Um, not many, cause I don't, I believe our limit, most of our limitations are in between our two are in between our two ears, which is our brain, our mindset, but I am more cautious. Um, and that's okay. I embrace that. And like I said, the wrinkles, the fat, whatever else, you know, those are all just markers on my journey. And I'm just really in a state of appreciation. If you are beating yourself up about how you look or how you feel or, you know, scars on your body or experiences that were painful, I just invite you to look at that as in a state of appreciation and journal about that. Like what can you look, how can you look at that experience or that scar or that body part or the face that's looking back at you in the mirror right now and, and be appreciative. What kind words could you speak over yourself today? Cause it will make a huge difference. It really makes a huge difference. I'm so much gentler on myself than I used to be. Um, this is one of the reasons why I feel like 50 is so good and I would not want to return to my thirties. Even if I could time travel backwards, I wouldn't because I was so much harder on myself back then. I was so much more, you know, I had such higher, unrealistic, stupid expectations that weren't serving me at all. And now I just have this appreciation and this state of gratitude and the attitude of gratitude, you guys changes everything. So start your day with appreciating something beautiful about yourself. Even some of the misshapen, scarred, uh, ugly parts, the so-called ugly parts, because who says they're ugly? That's just society talking. It's not you talking. So be kind to yourself, right? Be kind to yourself. And the last thing I wrote down that I wanted to share is really how I am looking forward and not backwards. And this pretty much is, has been historically um, my personality trait, I guess. I, I've never been someone that's highly nostalgic, which I find pretty funny um, as someone who works in storytelling for a living because storytelling by nature is, is somewhat nostalgic. You know, we can tell our stories and reflect, 
back and appreciate and honor journeys, right? And I do that very well. But I'm not nostalgic in the sense that I'm wishful for those days to return. You know, I can really be present in the present day and be keep my eyes turned forward in terms of the direction in which I'm going versus being stuck looking backwards and reminiscing in a wishful way that, you know, um, brings up a lot of regret. And I've never been that person, and I'm really glad I've never been that person, but, um, but maybe that's something that you can look at for yourself is like, do you, do you spend so much time in your nostalgia that you stay stuck or that you stay wishful that things could return that they, the way they used to be? You know, I hear this a lot right now in the world that we live in. You know, so many people wishing or waiting and, you know, anticipating the day that we can all just go back to wait to the way the world was before COVID. And you know what? I've said since day one, we're never going back to the world before COVID. We will forever live in a post-COVID world because COVID was part of the story. It was part of our experience. And so that life before COVID no longer exists. And so for us to sit here and be nostalgic and wish for it to return is a way that you will stay stuck. And so instead, I invite you to turn your face forward and cast out a vision of what is it going to look like for you to move forward in a post-COVID world? What is it going to look like for you to move forward and learn and implement some of the things that you've learned from this experience? That's what our stories really are meant to do. They're meant to inform us and arm us with information moving forward so that we can live our best lives. But it's never should be about wanting to go backwards and wanting to go back to a place that is in the past. And so, man, turning 50, I'm like, yeah, I am embracing and looking forward to turning 51, (laughs) turning 55, turning 60. I'm looking forward to that. I am looking forward to the journey that will unfold from here. Um, And getting deeper into the aging process, right? Like learning more about myself because with time comes a whole lot of information, right? Like the more time we are here on this earth, the more information and data we will collect. And that information can be used for really positive power. And I'm excited about that. So I am, you know, less in a state of nostalgia and more in a state of anticipation and hope. And I'm excited about what is to come. So I am, you know, creating a vision for the future of what the next 10 years holds for me and getting really excited about that. I am being mindful of my goals and my dreams and really, you know, spending time writing those things down. That's something I've done for a long time, but just really embracing that and continuing to vision out the future and create goals, new goals and new dreams as I journey through this life experience. And then just, you know, doing more on my bucket list. I think I was just talking to my mom about this the other day. My mom, who is 81, 
and she was talking about getting to do something and, you know, kind of something kind of fun and like what she was looking forward to in the next year of 2022. And I encouraged her, I'm like, Hey, what's your bucket list? You know, like let's pick something off of your bucket list and let's just do it this year. And I think that's a good message for all of us. Like, what is the bucket list, really? And don't wait until you're 50 to create one. Create one now. Or if you're after 50, if you're 80 like my mom, create one now. It doesn't matter where you are, but get the bucket list together and understand what are the some of the things that you really want to do and see and become on, in this lifetime while you are here on this earth. And none of us know how many days we each get. So don't wait, you know, for turning 50 or 60 or 80 to create the bucket list. Do it now. And so that's one of the things I'm embracing. I'm, I'm looking at my bucket list and I'm, you know, like, hey, what are the things that I haven't done yet? And just continuing to, to pay attention to those and keep those front and center and make them a part of my vision board. And so looking forward, not looking backwards is part of this, this journey, uh, to 50 and beyond and how I'm embracing it. So those are a few ideas and a few thoughts that I had about today, my birthday. Um, I'm going to celebrate today. A fun fact is that my sister and I share a birthday. We are seven years apart. I was born on her seventh birthday. So she is 57 today and I am 50. And we always try to spend our birthday together. And luckily, I now live in the town where she lives. So we live in the same town now. We have lived together in the same town for the last four years. And that's been such a blessing um, to be at this stage of life together. So number one, she and I are having lunch. And then number two, we have a family gathering that will take place tonight that I'm very excited about. And then later in January, because my birthday is in December, it's kind of hard to plan a big birthday party, especially when you're turning 50. And I wanted all of my favorite people in one place. And that, you know, the Christmas time and the holidays makes it kind of challenging to plan birthday parties like this in December. So in January, I'm having a big party. um, And I've invited, you know, many of my favorite people to come and celebrate with me. So we are having a big celebration in January and um, I'm really looking forward to that. And I have so many amazing people that have already booked flights and hotels to plan to be with me on that weekend. And that just feels so good. But that's how we're celebrating uh, my 50th birthday. And I wanted to just spend some time with you today, sharing my thoughts and celebrating my birthday with you. Because let me tell you, This podcast and this community of light beamers has been and will be continue to be such an important part of my journey. I have learned so much from not just being the leader of this community and the host of this podcast and the storytelling expert and coach, not just from being that, but being a participant with you guys, you know, being in the trenches with you hearing your stories, being privy to some of the things that you have shared with me have helped shaped me in my journey along the way. And so I cannot think of a better way to spend my birthday than to record this podcast for you and share it with you. And 
make you a part of the experience with me. So I thank you, Lightbeamers. I thank you, podcast listeners, for being with me today, for listening in as I shared some of my thoughts. I hope that something I said sparked some things in you. And if it did, man, I would love to hear about it. Please let me know what um, if that's true. If anything I shared today sparks something inside of you, share it with me, please. You can DM me on Instagram. That's such an easy way to get a hold of me. I'm at Lightbeamers on Instagram, or you can email me, april at lightbeamers.com. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear if this episode spoke to you, how, and what are you doing to embrace your own journey, wherever you are in the timeline. I just happen to be at the 50 mile marker. (laughs) Wherever you are, embrace it, okay? Embrace it and share your story. Share your story along the way. That's been one of the most empowering things I've ever done is to share my story with you. Until next time, we'll see you next week right here on the Inside Story Podcast. See you then. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to give it a review and share this broadcast out with your friends and family. Now, did listening to this episode make you think more about your own story? Are you wondering which parts of your own story are relevant to share with others? This is the question I get asked more than any other. How do I share my story? Which parts of my story are worth sharing with other people? How can I make my story relatable so that others can benefit from it? I've taken my simple process that I've used for years as a journalist and broken it down into a three-part storytelling formula that will help you discover the key components of your own story and how to share it. It's a free resource I've created to help you become a light beamer by sharing your story. Simply go to www.lightbeamers.com and click on the big yellow button on the homepage to download your story formula. I'd love to hear your story too. So be sure to join my free community on Facebook, the Light Beamers community, and share your story with me. I can't wait to learn more about you and the story that's inside of you. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when our next broadcast is live. You will want to stay tuned to the stories we are lining up for you next. I promise they are so good. As always, Light Beamers, I'm over here cheering for you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.